And we're back here with the All-American Red Shirts host, Gunnar Crosby, with co-host Cam Thomas. What up, what up? Cam, long time no see. It was up in South Carolina for a while, Thanksgiving. How was it for you, man? Did you enjoy seeing the family? Did you get to see family? Yeah, so we actually did something different for uh, Thanksgiving this year. My family wanted to go get out of town. And so it was just my mom, my dad, my sister, and I, and we decided to go to Charleston for five, six days. Um, it was awesome. I've never been to Charleston. Um, it's a quite like a – I don't know how to describe it. It's like very – it's kind of like Savannah, if anyone's been to Savannah, but it's like there's a lot of stuff to do there. It's like really cool shops, really, really good eating, um, and just a lot of stuff to do. So we got to go to – a lot of different stuff. We kind we did the marketplace. We went to some uh, World War II stuff that my dad loves, and my mom wanted to go to all the shops, so we went to all the shops and shopping. And my mom kept buying everything. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, besides that, and the food, there is so many good food places that we ate. It's like especially this one seafood place. I think it was called Hot. Hyman's, Hellman's, something like that, and it's super popular. A lot of uh, famous people have eaten there because they've like signed plates and stuff there, and it's like it's it's incredible. Really good food, really good desserts. It was just a great time being with family, and you know, being with family is all good and all, even though you guys get under each other's skin when you're with each other for so long. But <laughs> it, it was awesome. It was great to just get away from work and just to be around fam. Yeah, it's always a good time, and there's a lot of old money there in, in Charleston. A lot, a lot of old money. Yeah, so. we were, we saw. Yeah, we did like this horse and carriage ride, and we were looking at some of these houses that were two to four million dollars. And you look at it, it's like how? Like you could build it with your own hands. Like how the hell can this be two to four million dollars? It's like it's incredible. It's like I don't know. It's it it's ridiculous. Yeah, Charleston's a beautiful town. It, it, the Savannah comparison is a good one. Um, just a little bit more money in Charleston from, you know, yeah. just, there's a lot of politicians and stuff like that that live there. So, but you know, I was also in South Carolina. I was in uh, a smaller town though. A lot of people know belt in South Carolina <laughs> got two or three red lights in it. The highway is a two lane <laughs> road that goes through it. So it's a, uh, it's a small you know town. How, <laughs> how small your town is. What I've heard is you didn't even have Wi-Fi. Yeah. My grandma does not have Wi-Fi. Like how, how so like she, she is like the, she's, I don't even know what to, like, how do you not have wifi? Like, how I is mean, that even possible? She doesn't use it. She, her electric bill, I swear on my life is like 20 bucks a month. Oh my God. Cause she just unplugs everything. Like she doesn't use electricity. She doesn't use her heat. She has a fireplace. She doesn't use her heat. Is she like part Amish? I'm starting to think that <laughs> I'm starting to get to that point where it's like, the only time she ever runs her electricity is when we're there visiting the family for this week of Thanksgiving. Other than that, it's like it was to the point one time where the electric company sent the police out because they thought somebody was dead in the house. No way. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's, That's how much crazy. little electricity she uses. That's crazy. They, they would probably just wanted to jack up her prices. <laughs> yeah, they get, pi- <laughs> it, it, they get pissed off because the bill they send costs more in paper, ink, and labor than it is for, them, for her to actually pay it. So they're actually losing <laughs> it, money sending her a bill. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it was, a good, it was good, man, just seeing the family, all that, all that good stuff. So, and obviously, the, the home-cooked food is delicious. So just to – actually, I, I read something the other day. We talked about stuffing and dressing and the difference. Yeah. So stuffing is cooked inside of the turkey during the baking process, from what I understand. Dressing is cooked in a pan outside of the turkey. And I still the, don't give a shit. That's, I, only the, still, that's the only difference. I'm still calling it stuffing because I've ne- I hate when people call it dressing. It's like it's not <laughs> like salad dressing shit. It's like stuffing. Like come on. But I get it. I, I get the I get the differences now. But I'm still gonna call it stuffing, and I don't give a shit what anyone thinks. That's fair. I can't. Everybody's <laughs> got their own opinions and their own way of thinking. So, but I just figured I would uh, enlighten you on the difference because I found that out randomly. I didn't even look it up. It was just random. I mean, you learn something new every day, don't you? Ain't that the truth? So we actually have a great a great setup here. Lineup coming up. OSU looks good against Michigan. Obviously, they're they're starting to prove that they're a better team than. Are we always thought they were a good team, but they're starting to finally prove it, and they're playing the better teams on their schedule. 
Um, Oklahoma with a nice win. Auburn shocks Alabama, which we got to jump into that. I have just a bone to pick with Nick Saban about that and the coaching staff. Uh, Minnesota chokes, so Minnesota's a fraud. And then obviously we'll jump into some of these other storylines and talk about the big games coming up for championship weekend. Uh, so with that said, let's get going. Thank you all for tuning in as always michael jackson kicking us off here man great weekend of college football rivalry weekend it never never disappoints georgia shows up big struggling the first half they end up wiping the floor of georgia tech to be honest with you some of these games just didn't they weren't as good as i thought they would be you know it being rivalry weekend you want to see these close games you want to see it coming down to the end there was only one game that did that in auburn and alabama but the Ohio State-Michigan game, what really stood out to me was Ohio State proved themselves to be a legitimate, legitimate team. Now, we've always thought that they were a good team, but they finally proved it against a formidable opponent in Michigan who is honest, honestly was playing hot, and they came and just wiped the floor with them. It wasn't even close. So, I don't know. That, that was just my take. Justin Fields kind of scared me there. He went down with a knee injury, ended up coming back, had went to the tent, put a brace on, came back out, and the next play threw a touchdown pass in fashion against Michigan. So kudos to him. Kudos to Mich- or kudos to Ohio State. What was your take on that game? Yeah, no. So I got to give credit where credit is due. Ohio State actually very much impressed me. Like it was – I got to see most of the game on my way back from uh, Charleston. And watching the game, you could just tell Ohio State on offense and defense, like we know – from this whole season they're so balanced those the offensive line defensive line was just pushing michigan back all the time and michigan really couldn't do anything michigan did stay in the game with ohio state for a little while but then ohio state just their depth at every position just showed up and they you you couldn't stop them and michigan was just getting worn out and it was impressive uh ohio state did this at michigan like in the in the big house, like that, Michigan never really gets beat at the big house, but gets blown out. That's very, very rare. And honestly, Ohio State, in my opinion, is the number one, number two team in the country for sure. And they deservingly uh, get the number one uh, spot right now. I'm just, I wish, honestly, I wish we could see Ohio State play Clemson and LSU, like just a three way. Um, game maybe per se like that that would be amazing just to see how those three teams stack up against each other but we'll never get to see that but we'll get to maybe see one one of those scenarios happen so but overall watching it i think justin fields if he can if his knee is all right he's he's just putting up phenomenal numbers but also what he's doing really well is protecting the ball and that's what Allows uh, allows Ohio State to just keep um, an offensive flow to the game, and then that he just hands it off to Dobbins, and Dobbins just keeps running up the middle and to the right, to the left, and you just can't stop him. And yeah. it it's very impressive to watch. It really is, especially with Ryan Day as the first year head coach. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, Michigan didn't have an answer on how to stop J.K. Dobbins. I mean, any of the offense really. But J.K. Dobbins just ran wild. Yeah. It was crazy to watch. I mean, like you said, the Ohio State controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball the entire game. So, I mean, it, Michigan came out swinging. But obviously, like you said, the depth of Ohio State really just came through and beat them to a pulp at the end, and they ran away with it. 
So, but yeah, I mean, J.K. Dobbins is having an unreal season. He's kind of flown under the radar in a lot of the talks as far as the Heisman stuff like that. He's starting to kind of get some peak in there, but obviously, if Joe Burrow pretty much has that locked up at this point, unless barring a an awful game in the SEC championship or something like that, but he's pretty much got it locked up. Obviously. Yeah, certainly. So, so that was I was very impressed with Ohio State. The only game that was close this weekend was Auburn and Alabama. And man, what a finish. That's a finish that we would never thought would have ever happened with a Nick Saban coach team. To lose on a <laughs> penalty, an illegal substitution penalty, is asinine. The funny thing about it was I know that feeling with UCF losing to Tulsa because of having 12 men on the field. Like I, <laughs> I, underst- I understand that pain. That, like, how can you lose because of a play like that? And when it happened, I just started laughing because I'm like, I know that pain, and it's it sucks, but I'm glad Bama fans get to feel the pain now. Like, screw them. Yeah, I would say it's even worse, though, because, like, obviously UCF, you want to – UCF should never lose to Tulsa, and that's a, a tough game to take a loss to. Yeah. Or take a loss in. But Bama needed to win that game to even have a chance to get in the playoff. Yeah. To even be in that talk, to prove themselves as a – legitimate team and then you lose to your rival on top of that like that is just oh my god like i, I was can't very, imagine yeah the, no the whole game i was very impressed by auburn staying in the whole game and i knew they would especially being in jordan hair but i was really impressed with bo nitz leading the offense down the field and just keeping drives alive especially with his legs like that bama defense is not like a defense we've been accustomed to from Bama in years past. So seeing this defense just give up 48 points, which is I think the most points ever given up by a Nick Saban coached Bama defense, it's unreal. And Auburn's not known to have a good offense. So that's, that's what's the crazy thing about it. So unreal game, loved every second of it. I like it. It was just, it was fun. It was just so much fun to watch especially since Bama lost. If Bama yeah. won, then it wouldn't have been as fun. But Yeah, I mean, obviously, seeing a team, it's almost like watching the Yankees lose. You know, it's just no matter who you're a fan of, if you're not a Yankee fan, you almost want to see the Yankees lose, right, just because of their past and how successful they have been. But to me, like, what was surprising was the amount of points that were scored on both sides of the ball. Who would have thought going into that game that – Alabama would have been able to put 45 points on Auburn's defense. Not many people. And who the hell hell would have thought that Auburn would have put up 48 points on Alabama's defense? That's just unreal. The over-under for this game was 50. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, they doubled that. They almost doubled it. Jesus. It's just it's crazy to think about. So, it, I mean, they blew the they blew the over-under out of the water. But, I mean, to me, going into that game, I would have probably put the over-under at 50 right there, right at it, maybe 48, yeah. somewhere right around there. I, I agree with the where that the line was at as far as that goes, but they blew it out of the water. No one, it was just a shootout, dude. I mean, Auburn would score a huge touchdown on a big play, and then Henry Ruggs returned a kickoff for a touchdown. Auburn get a pick six. Henry Ruggs returned a punt for a touchdown. Like, it was just crazy. It the funny thing watch. is, it, it felt more like a uh, Big 12 type of game, and the Big 12 uh, game of Oklahoma and Oklahoma State felt more like a Big 10, or felt like an SEC game. It was so weird. It was it was just like, did the conferences just swap teams? Because <laughs> it's so, I, I don't know, it was crazy just watching both. Yeah, it was, it was insane. But, I mean, it was an awesome game. I mean, as far as the, the fireworks... Can't ask for anything more as far as an entertainment side of things. It would have been awful to watch a 23-20 to 20 win or, like, what was it, the Alabama-LSU game a few years ago where it was 9-6, to six, yeah. something crazy like that. Like, that's just – it's not fun to watch, man. No, it's not at all. I want points. I want 100 <laughs> points. That's why I like watching Clemson play so much because they just put up points after points after points. Well, but that's though, because they're playing easy. easy yeah, opponents. I mean, that's another like, conversation we'll jump into, but – it's also fun to watch them throw the ball when it's they're up by 38 points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm with you on that. <laughs> the third string throwing touchdowns on people was just fun. That's fun to watch. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the Auburn game was insane. Can't ask for anything more. Oklahoma came out with a nice win. What was your take on that? 
Yeah, so this game, I actually thought Oklahoma State was going to upset Oklahoma. I really believe in Mike Gundy as a coach, and I really thought Oklahoma State's run, uh, riding this wave of emotional um, wins, coming off some big wins, and I thought they were going to honestly beat Oklahoma, but during the whole game, it was like Oklahoma State's within eh, not too far of Oklahoma, but they just couldn't get over the hurdles. They kept getting uh, some turnovers, and it just it put them behind the eight ball, and then Jalen Hurts was just running wild um, on the uh, defense, and Oklahoma State had no answer back. And it's unfortunate because I really wished Oklahoma State would have beat Oklahoma just because it would have shaked up some of the college football playoff uh, pitchers or the scenarios. Yeah, I agree with you. Oklahoma was impressive in that win. I mean, Chubba Hubbard didn't really do a whole lot there as far as you know helping his team win, but it's just Oklahoma and Utah are what five and six. If I'm if I'm if I'm correct there, do we really think that Oklahoma is the fifth best team in the country right now? Uh, no. So, I mean, to me, Utah is a better team. Yeah, personally. me too. I no, I definitely think Utah is a better team, and I if it's between those two, I really hope Utah gets the nod over Oklahoma. Well, I, th- I think here's I have a scenario. So, if Oklahoma wins the Big Twelve championship. And Utah wins the Pac-12 championship. Who do you take? Because Oklahoma's ranked take, higher than Utah right now, right? No, no, no. Utah's ranked higher. Is now. Utah five and Oklahoma yeah. six? Okay. Yeah. Um, I would take uh, Utah. You gotta take Utah, right? Yeah. Would, because they're not going off just resume. They're going off eye test, and they know you need a good defense. Utah has one of the best defenses in the country, and I think that puts them in over Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I'd be pissed off. If Oklahoma gets a nod over Utah, and and Me Paul too. Fein, Paul Feinbaum said something about it on a show, I think it was yesterday, the day before, where he mentioned something like, "Oh, oh they're going to put Oklahoma in because of the brand." We talked about it all season. Exactly, and when that came out, and all the there was some big, uh, big people in the college football world that came out and said this is wrong, well, what F- Feinbaum was saying and stuff, and I was like, "This is what all the." Group of five schools and the lower power five schools have been saying for such a long time, the the college football playoff committee and ESPN only care about the big name schools and the big brands to get them more money. And this is a scenario where Utah or Oklahoma, who has a bigger brand, it's obviously Oklahoma. So they'd rather put Oklahoma in because they'll get more money than putting Utah in. And how is that fair? Like, if Utah is no, clearly not. the better team. No, exactly. And that's why when Feinbaum said that, he's not wrong. He's not. Like, you can't say he's wrong, but that's what's wrong with college football. He just proved it right there. Yeah. And what I would disagree with him on is he was saying that people would rather see Oklahoma than Utah because see, we know they're brand yes. But I, I completely disagree with that because, to me, I would rather see an underdog at Utah get in over Oklahoma. That's what we that's what we as college football fans would like to see because we haven't seen Utah play against some of the big boys. But he's basic Feinbaum was basically saying that from um, a sponsorship and brand standpoint of we want Oklahoma in for the money. Screw Utah, they aren't going to give us the money like Oklahoma will bring in. And that's exactly where he was coming from. It's just crazy to think that. To me it's like how does how does a team build a brand and build that historic factor if they're not allowed into the playoff because they don't have a brand? If it's you don't called, give somebody the opportunity to, then... It's called being good 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago and build the brand from that long ago when you didn't play against a lot of opponents and you won some natties here and there and you just built yourself along the way where nowadays it's so much harder to build because there's so many good programs everywhere and talents going everywhere since um, you can be featured on TV with on about almost any other team besides the big teams anymore. Like in the past, to get on TV, you had to go to Notre Dame or Bama or uh, Michigan, Ohio State just to get on TV. Now you can go to... Um, like Minnesota and get on a 
TV because all their games are on TV. It's like it's so much different nowadays. Yeah, I I agree with you. Speaking of Minnesota, man, talk about a damn choke job. <laughs> a choke job. Like you had it in the palm of your hands. All you had to do is win. That's it. That's all you had to do is win. Obviously, after they've lost previously, you got to beat Wisconsin to give even give yourself a chance at this point. And you choke it away and get blown out. What happened to Minnesota? I'm so disappointed in Minnesota. I wanted to be on the gopher train all the way to the playoffs. And they let me down. In the beginning of the game, they were up 7 nothing, But then Wisconsin went on a, what was it? It was like a 24-3 run. And it was, it was just ugly. Wisconsin just was bigger and stronger in the trenches. And that's usually Wisconsin's style of football. Just beat you up in the trenches and you win. And that's what they did. And they Minnesota had no answer to that. And they just got tired and got behind and they can't do anything. And when Wisconsin gets up by a little bit, they'll start running the ball. And guess what? That's less time for you to have the ball in less possessions, and there you go. That's basically their formula, Wisconsin's formula for success, and they they uh, executed it pretty flawlessly against Minnesota. And I'm very disappointed because I thought maybe Minnesota could beat Wisconsin and have a shot at maybe beating Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship, but now we never get to see that happen, and we get to see a rematch of Wisconsin and Ohio State, unfortunately. <laughs> Wisconsin and Ohio State, how do you think that's going to go? Honestly, I think it's going to be closer this time. Yeah. I know they played they played earlier in the season. I think it's going to be closer. I think I don't know why, but I have a feeling Wisconsin's going to keep it within ten to fourteen. Ten to fourteen. Yeah. Within there. Yeah. Within I don't, that. I really don't think so. I think I think Ohio State blows them out. It certainly could happen, but I just think I don't know. I think Wisconsin's really mad from the last from the loss, and I I don't know. It's it's going to be close. I think it's going to be closer than most people think. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be close. But we'll see. I mean, that's a, obviously a matchup that I'm not – that I'm curious to watch, but I'm not as interested in watching compared to some of the other games. True. So one of the one of the games I actually didn't know was on – and we're recording Thursday, so it'll be on Friday. When you guys are listening, it'll be on tonight. Utah and Oregon at 8 p.m. That's going to be a good game to watch. Watching Utah's defense try to handle Justin Herbert and the powerful offense of Oregon. And then obviously Utah's running back going up against Oregon's defense. They're they're quick. It's going to be a good matchup there. I'm excited to watch some Pac-12 football that's not at midnight where I'm actually going to be able to stay awake for a lot of it. What is your take on that game? Yeah, no, Utah's uh, running back, Zach Moss, is going to hopefully have a huge game against Oregon. Oregon's defense hasn't looked as good um, recently as they did in the beginning of the season. Um, and it all all comes down to, I think, Utah's um, quarterback, Tyler Huntley. Can he do enough to have Utah win the game? Because we know their defense can probably shut down that Oregon offense or at least slow them down. But will Utah's offense be able to score enough? And that comes down to Tyler Huntley and if he can move the ball on that Oregon defense. And I, I think he can, I think that score will be somewhat close. I think it's going to be like a 24 to 17 type of game. And it's kind of like who comes down with the last five minutes, basically of the fourth quarter, whoever w- can win the game. Yeah. The worst thing that can happen for the PAC 12 as a conference is Oregon winning this football yes, game? Yes, yes. I, I was going to say, watch the refs give a lot of favoring calls to Utah. Just watch. Do we I know? I guarantee you, it happens. Do we know where the refs are from? What conference? Because a lot of times they switch the conferences to kind of prohibit that from happening. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I have no idea. I know that's usually something that they announce at the game. So we'll have to, that that's one thing to keep an eye on, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's. Do you think that? Utah and Oregon playing on Friday night at 8 p.m. is good or bad for the conference? As far as good, you think it's good with it being the only game on? Yes, because people are going to watch this game because they know it's the championship, the Pac 12 championship, so they want to see that. And it's two highly ranked teams, but also it's the only game on TV. So if you're out at the bar, guess what? You're watching that game, or that game is going to be playing at the bar. Um, If you're at home, 
well, there's nothing on Friday night, so guess what? You're going to be watching that game. And this gives the Pat 12 a chance to finally be in a spot where they can be um, seen by everybody East Coast and um, in the Midwest who normally don't get to watch these games because they're on so late. So I think this is very good for um, uh, for the Pat 12. And if it was on Saturday, people would be watching other schools play because they never really watched the Pat 12 the whole season. So why watch the Pat 12 championship when they don't really care? So it's like I think it's very smart, and I'm I'm glad it's on a Friday because I'm I want to watch the game. Yeah, I mean I agree with you. It being on Friday at eight is a a good thing for the conference. It, being the only game on because otherwise you'd be going up against Clemson and Ohio state and Wisconsin competing with viewership of those games. So I think it's good for the PAC 12 and that's always their, their squabble is, or their gripe is that their games are so late that no one gets to watch them and really recognize how good of a team they are. And I think there's some truth behind that because how many Utah games have we watched this year compared to sec games or, you know, it's just, you don't watch it that often. Just because it's so late. I mean, the games don't end until 1 a.m. So, another big matchup. Speaking of Ohio State-Wisconsin, we already talked about that a little bit. You think it's going to be a 10-14 kind of game? I think it's going to be a blowout. So, we'll have to discuss that on the next podcast and see where we're at. I just think Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins just... I think they put up enough points to... The offense is powerful enough to put up enough points, and I think Ohio State's defense is good enough to make Wisconsin one-dimensional making them throw the ball. They're going to stack the box and make them throw the ball. They're not, not going to let Jonathan Taylor go for 150 yards on him. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> I don't know. I think Ohio State wins the game. I think it's a little closer than what the spread says. It's, what, 16 and a half? Oh, that's such a tough spread because I said it's going to probably be 10 to 14. So that means I would be leaning a little bit Wisconsin. I don't know. Oh, it's, it's, ah, it's, that's a tough <laughs> one. It really is. That is, it is a tough, that's a tough one to, to really judge, but I think, I think Ohio State beats the spread. Yeah. I, well, I, I do think Ohio State wins the game. It's just, I don't know if they, t- they beat the spread or not. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they do, and you can just disagree, and that'll give us something to talk about on the next podcast. <laughs> well, if I, well, I'm trying to win money, so. That's true. Which will, <laughs> do you have any best bets this week is the next question. Actually, it's going to be on all the games that are this week. So I got eight bets this week. Cool. We'll jump into that at the end of this. We'll, uh, that way you don't got to bounce back and forth. Next one's Baylor, Oklahoma. Yeah. So I, I hope Baylor loses this game or wins this game. Yes. This is a great matchup. I want chaos to ins- in- incur. And I want Baylor to win, knock Oklahoma out, and maybe Baylor can sneak in there. Have don't think it will happen if they win to sneak in, but I would love to see it possibly happen. And honestly, with the way Baylor played Oklahoma the last time, they should have won that game. They were up. <laughs> yeah, they should have. Freaking choke. Twenty-eight to three is the it's a trap, dude. It, it's That's... Oh, it's so bad, and I don't know. I think. I think Oklahoma comes out ready this time, and I think this game. Honestly, I think Baylor's going to be playing from behind, and this this is my I this is what I think. I think Baylor's going to be playing from behind, and they catch Oklahoma right at the end, and, but lose like by a field goal to Oklahoma walk off field goal. That's how I think it's going to happen. I don't know where I sit on this game because Oklahoma struggled mightily the last probably four or five weeks after the loss of Kansas State they haven't looked like themselves since almost losing to Iowa State should have lost to Baylor the list goes on but they're playing in Oklahoma so I don't know that's I'm gonna go Baylor I think wins, and they shock the world on Saturday shock the world I love it they shock the world on Saturday it really comes down to Charlie Brewer if he can keep his uh, composure during that game because there will be some interceptions and fumbles, and can he bounce back from that? 
Yeah, only uh, time will tell. But Oklahoma doesn't have much of a defense, so. But but they did they enough do. to they did enough to come back on Baylor. Yeah, and stop I mean, them, which I still don't understand how that I happened. Don't know how I don't know. Would they score three points in the entire second half? Yeah. How does that even happen? <laughs> makes no sense. How do you score? How do you go from scoring four touchdowns in one half to three points the next? You couldn't even give me a touchdown. Like that's just insane. It's bad. So bad. That's just coaching. That's all it is. Yeah. The team's executing. It's just the coaching, and I think that the coaching has improved. They've learned their lessons. Now it's time to capitalize, and I think they're going to take advantage of that. But Lincoln Riley's a hell of a coach. They've already got film on Baylor. How much can you change in three or four weeks? Not a whole lot. So, I don't know. I'm up in the air on that. I'm going to go with Baylor because I'm a big underdog guy. That's the only thing that's pushing me towards Baylor. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, then that uh, that moves us into, oh, man, a, re- a really good game. Um, Cincinnati and Memphis. So, you got... This, so this is a repeat from last week. So Cincinnati played Memphis at Memphis and lost at the towards the end of the game. It was like 10-point uh, win for Memphis. And now it's being played again at Memphis because Memphis is the highest, uh, I guess, uh, person in the Americans so they can hold uh, host the conference championship game. So that Cincinnati has to go back to Memphis in a repeat game. Yeah, it's going to be tough for Memphis to beat a team two times in a row. UCF did it a couple times, and it's really hard to do it. I still think Memphis is the better team, and I think Memphis gets the G uh, Group of Five slot for the New York Sits Bowl, and I, th- I think they take care of business. Um, Cincinnati depends on how their quarterback uh, Ritter does. Um, he he's been shaky here and there, and hasn't. I don't know. He hasn't been what he was earlier in the season, and if he plays like he's playing now, it's going to be more of an easier win for Memphis. Yeah, I mean, I think Memphis wins. Last week's game was to decide who hosted this game. Memphis came out, handled business, so they're back in Memphis. I think Memphis continues on. They win. Memphis is a hell of a team, great coach. Been explosive all year. They've lost one game. I'm excited to see it. That's gonna be a good game. I wish UCF was in there. Yeah, me too. I would have much me rather. Too. I would have much rather seen UCF in Memphis, but you can't lose the games you're supposed to win. <laughs> can't lose no, those ones. No, you're right. Um, two other big games that we have that are sort of one is really good and the other one is kind of eh. We'll go with the eh first one. Um, <laughs> Virginia versus Clemson. Virginia finally got ranked. They're ranked 23rd. And obviously uh, Clemson is ranked 3rd. This is going to be a blowout. Clemson is favored by like 28.5 points. It's not even going to be close. Clemson is going to wax Virginia off the face of the earth <laughs> and just cruise on into the playoffs. Like no one, Don't even watch the game. Make use of your time. Somewhere else, like don't even watch this game. It, it's there's no point, absolutely no point to watch this game. None. <laughs> there's no point. And I hope I'm saying this, and Clemson loses because man, I'm gonna look like a big idiot. I will say if the only way that Clemson loses this game is if Bryce Perkins has a huge game. Now we've seen it happen in the past with teams like Alabama who looked unbeatable. And they lose to a Ole Miss team with a mobile quarterback or an A&M team with Johnny Menzel with a mobile quarterback. Bryce Perkins has more passing yards than Trevor Lawrence does as of this year, right now. More passing yards, and he's leading his team in rushing with almost 1,000 rushing yards. He's at 700 right now. If he can have a big game, this might get interesting. But... I think Clemson's defense is way too good. Isaiah Simmons at linebacker is an absolute stud. If you haven't watched him play, turn on Clemson. Watch that game. Isaiah Simmons is a monster. Great linebacker. Reminds me a lot of a Roquan Smith. Very laterally quick. Gets to the ball. Makes a bunch of plays. 
But Bryce Perkins has to have a huge game in order for Virginia to even be close. I don't think that happens. I think Clemson runs away with this. It's another blowout, 45-7 to kind of game. 45-14, something like that. I think Virginia is not going to be able to stop Clemson. But we've seen it in the past. Bryce Perkins has a big game. Clemson turns the ball over two or three times. Special teams bites him in the ass. Now we're talking something different. But I think North Carolina scared them enough to where they're motivated for this game. And uh, I think they handle their business. What was the next game you had on mind? The next game and the best game of the entire championship weekend is Georgia against LSU. This, if Georgia wins, they're in the playoff with LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson. Easy four. This is what the college football playoff committee wants, so there is no controversy whatsoever. So if Georgia wins, the top four teams are in. Everyone can go home. Um, But what I think will happen is, I don't know. This is a tough, tough game because I'm very curious to see how uh, Georgia's defense goes up against that LSU offense. I'm so excited to watch it. I don't think Georgia can slow down Joe Burrow and those receivers, um, Jefferson and uh, Chase. I, it's it's going to be so tough for them. They might be able to do it. I think they can slow them down, but I don't think they can stop them. And then can Georgia's offense with Fromm, can he get enough uh, enough passing, I guess, deep, deep field passes against this LSU defense with – um, Stingley and Grant Delpit back in the backfield, and uh, Fulton, three studs that will all be playing on Sundays um, sometime soon. Can Fromm make enough throws to keep Georgia in the game and maybe win it at the end? In my opinion, I don't think that he can. Um, I just think LSU is just the better team. But, hey, anything can happen in the SEC. It's in Atlanta. Georgia fans are going to be traveling like crazy, so it might – I don't know. I think it's going to be more Georgia fans there than I than LSU. Um, I think it's going to be one heck of a game. I'm excited that it's LSU against Georgia, not Bama against Georgia. So I'm excited, and I know you're super excited because you're a yes. big Dodds fan. So I'm kind of curious what your take, very, uh, what you think might happen. Yeah, I'm very, very, very excited. Now, unbiased, I think LSU wins this game. And I think they win by like 10. I think Georgia keeps it close, but I don't think they pull it off. But I'm going to make the case of how Georgia can win this game. Score more points. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I think what it comes down to is Georgia's got to control the ball and control the clock and not limit Joe Burrow's possessions in that dangerous LSU offense. Limit their possessions, the amount of times they touch the ball. And I think Georgia has a good enough defense to get three or four stops in that game. And if we can capitalize and score on those points then are on those possessions where they're not scoring, then I think we have a chance. What worries me is obviously we have a great rushing defense, but our passing defense has been kind of suspect in some of these games. And obviously Joe Burrow's a Heisman, the Heisman winner as of right now. So I'll be curious to know how Kirby Smart game plans for that. I think Jake Fromm's going to have a good game. He always plays well in the Dome. I don't want to jinx him, but he always plays well in the Dome. What sucks is George Pickens got in a fight in the Georgia Tech game, which was awesome, by the way. If you guys didn't see that fight, go watch it. He slams a Georgia Tech's dude head through a wall. Unreal. Gift of the century. Love it. But he suspended the first half of the game. And Lawrence Cager is out with an injury, high ankle sprain. So our two top receivers are out of this game, at least for the first half with one of them which obviously makes the job way more difficult. Jake Fromm's going to have to complete some passes, like you said, down the field, over the middle, to soften up this defense and allow DeAndre Swift and Zamir White and James Cook the ability to run the ball. I think we're going to see some wrinkles in this Georgia's offense, or in this offense from Georgia this week that we haven't seen throughout the entire season, where their James Cook is going to get a ball, the ball in the slot. He's going to be a receiver. Zamir White, you're going to see two two running backs in the backfield, Zamir White and DeAndre Swift. Some of the stuff we haven't seen, we haven't brought out throughout the season with some of our lesser opponents is going to be brought out in this game. But Georgia's defense has to step up and get stops, get a few turnovers, get some momentum. Auburn gave us a blueprint on how to beat Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow only put up, what, 24 points in that game at home? 
I'm not mistaken. So there is some film out there on how to stop Joe Burrow. What did they do? I trust Kirby Smart and his his coaching staff, at least on the defensive side of the ball, to come up with a great game plan. I'll be curious about the offense. Are we going to be able to put up points? But LSU's defense is very susceptible to rushing yards. Ole Miss had 600-something yards total on them. Their quarterback ran for almost 250 yards on LSU. So it'll be I'll be curious to see what happens. Do we do we come out in a wild dog and let James Cook? Like, I don't know. This is going to be crazy. This would be absolutely insane. There's a lot of things that can happen. My mind is telling me no, but my body, my body. <laughs> my heart's telling me yes. So, obviously, I want Georgia to pull off the win. If I were putting money down, I don't think I'd be putting it on the dogs. But I'm not putting money down. I don't bet. So go damn dogs. Dogs on top, baby. <laughs> dogs on top. I love it. <laughs> no, so th- I'm excited for this weekend and a lot of good games. It's the last great weekend of college football, guys. We made it. Kind of sucks because sucks. then next next week it's Army Navy and. Yeah, it, it's not a high-powered game, but I always watch the game, and it's a great game to watch. If you've never watched the Army-Navy game, it's very symbolic and patriotic. Um, but then it goes into bowl season, and then bowl season kind of just takes off, and there's games literally almost every day, and then all of a sudden the playoffs are here, and then boom, boom, season uh, college football season's over and then we gotta wait five six (laughs) stupid months now we're talking about recruiting every day yeah recruit jeez that's gonna be fun yeah that's a it's a nightmare man I hate I hate the offseason of football but we do have the XFL coming which will be nice hell yeah Tampa Bay Vipers let's ride the Vipers baby let's ride out (laughs) Aaron Murray's unreal what a handsome guy that's my quarterback oh it's gonna be we gotta go to a game (laughs) We Absolutely. Definitely, we definitely got to go must. to a game. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, the Army-Navy game is always fun to watch because those are teams you don't typically watch throughout the season. And their offenses are always fun to watch because they run, they're, a lot of times they're smaller because they have to maintain a certain weight at the academy. So their offensive linemen are 250 pounds instead of 350 pounds. So their offenses are way faster. The running triple option, stuff like that. They don't pass that much. It's going to be a good time. I can't wait. Unreal game. The uniforms are always crazy. Do you like Army's uniforms better or Navy's uniforms better typically? Uh, honestly, it changes. Like the last year or two years ago, both were just straight fire. Like the both uniforms were just unreal. And I saw, I think it's Army's this year. They're not bad. They're, they're like, I guess they're paying tribute to like a little bit of the older um, generations, and it's okay. Not a huge fan of it, but I'm curious to see what Navy brings out. Navy usually has the better uniforms, so I'm very curious to see what Navy has. Yeah, I agree with you. I, th- I usually think Navy has the best uniform in that game, but Army had a uniform, I think it was last year or the year before. It was like they called the the Big Red One uniforms or something like that, where it was yes, all yes. black. Or dude, and it had the red. Oh my god! Those were dude. so clean, so awesome. Yes, they were incredible. The team was awesome. I think they ended up winning that game too. That makes it even better. Man, when you those uniforms are so good. I wish Georgia would get a uniform like that. Like, <laughs> come on, just give me the black jerseys, man. Give me the black jersey. Give me something. But no, I mean the the uniforms are always awesome. It's a fun game to watch. So I'm excited for this weekend. Enjoy the college football while you can. That being said, last Cam's best bets of the season before bowl season. Obviously, we'll have more then. But right now, this is probably what the last last one of the regular season, quote unquote. I guess. Besides that Army Navy game, yeah. Hit hit me with it, man. We got to finish strong. I need you to give me some good bets here. All right. Send the send the listeners out with some money. Yep. So we're going to bet on eight games. It's basically all the championship games we're betting on this week. So we'll start off with Friday's game, Utah-Oregon, 8 p.m. in Santa Clara, California. The spread is Utah minus 6.5. I'm going with Utah 6.5. Give me give me Utah. I think that defense is going to slow Oregon down enough, and I think that uh, Utah will score enough points that I think they win by 10. I think it will be like 
21 to 31 type of a score. And I think Utah covers. I, I believe in that defense and I think they get into that last spot of the college football playoff. So Utah sits in a half. Next game, we got Baylor, Oklahoma, 12 o'clock kick at Arlington, Texas. So it's in uh, Jerry's world. Um, it says Oklahoma nine and a half or nine minus nine. I'm taking Baylor plus nine. Give me the points. That means I, th- I honestly think Baylor could win this game. But like I said earlier, I think Oklahoma wins it barely by a walk off uh, field goal. And if that happens, well, Baylor covers because it's uh, minus nine for Oklahoma. So give me Baylor plus nine. Then we got Louisiana versus Appalachian State in the Sun Belt Championship game in Boone, North Carolina. So this is at App State, and the line is App State by minus six and a half. This is a super tough game because I have a great, great coach that I love at Louisiana, Coach Billy Napier, doing one hell of a job this year, going 10-2 and two against 11-1 App. Appalachian State, but I'm going to have to ride with Appalachian State. What I've seen this year, they are one heck of a good team. And only sits in a half-point favorite, I think that's too generous or too uh, um, too low. And I think they win by 14 against Louisiana. That doesn't take away from Louisiana's season. Louisiana is a great team, and they'll be in a great bowl. And I think they win their bowl game, but I'm going to take App State minus six and a half. Next game, Cincinnati versus Memphis in the rematch from last week in the American Athletic Conference Championship game in Memphis. We have uh, Memphis minus 9.5. This is a super tough game for me because Memphis won by 10 points last week. And it could have been um, uh, a lower-scoring game, and Cincinnati could have maybe won that game. So, honestly, I'm going with Cincinnati plus 9.5. Give me the points. I think uh, Memphis still wins, but I think they win by like seven, something a little less than what they won last week. Next, we have Georgia LSU. SEC championship game in Atlanta, Georgia. Give me, give me the Tigers minus six and a half. I think LSU wins by 10 to 14. You're an idiot. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to win money here. So give me LSU minus six and a half. It's going to be a heck of a game. I think the best game of the day is going to be that game. And yeah, next game, Hawaii versus Boise state and the mountain West championship game in Boise. So in the line is Boise state minus 14. Eh, give me Boise state minus 14. I don't think Hawaii can keep up with Boise state, especially with Cole McDonald is their quarterback. He keeps throwing a lot of interceptions. He's a great quarterback, don't get me wrong, but I just think uh, Boise State defense it will turn him over too much, and I think Boise State runs away with that game. Then we got Virginia-Clemson, uh, ACC championship game at night in Charlotte, North Carolina. The line is Clemson minus 28.5. That is an insane line, 28.5. Like, I don't know what to do on this game. I really don't know. I've been going back and forth, back and forth. But I'm going to go with Virginia plus 28 and a half. You got to take the points. In that big of a spread of a game, you take the points. Because you're hoping Virginia and Clemson just stall each other out. And Clemson wins by like 17 or something. So I'm taking Virginia plus 28 and a half. Then the last game, the 8 o'clock Big Ten Championship game in Indianapolis, Indiana, you got the line. Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Ohio State's minus 16 and a half. Mm, I think... I don't know. I don't know. This one's a to- toss-up because you got the over-under as 50 sits. i rather take the over-under and give me plus... Fi- uh, give me the over of 50 sits. I think... I think Ohio State, if they're going to play like they did against Wisconsin like the last time, I think they're going to put up lots of points. And I think Wisconsin's going to have to um, be more ballsy and do some big plays to score some points. And I think more than 56 points will be scored. So I'd rather go the over in this game. But if you did want to play the line, I'd lean more of Ohio State minus 16.5 just because of what I've seen this year. Um, So, yeah. Those are Cam's best bets of the week. So a lot of bets this week, everybody. 
a lot of bets, but there is no other way to send us out in fashion of the regular season. Before we hit bowl season, man, what a time. What a season. A lot of parody. Georgia losing. A lot of great content. Georgia-Notre Dame. UCF with a few blunders there, but a lot of good content coming from Cam and Nick. Chris going to LSU. Man, we might have to come up with like a – might have to do a podcast of like the highlights and just talk about and reminisce. Oh, of course of, we will. Some of our uh, times here this season because if you really look at it, it went by so fast. Yeah. There's so many highlights that we had throughout this season. You going viral. <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> – oh, man. What a time. It's been a pleasure. We'll continue to do this. I'll see you again soon. Closing thoughts. Go dogs. To hell with LSU. To hell with Florida. To hell with Auburn. To hell with Georgia Tech. Dogs go on ni- top. Go Knights. Go Knights. And charge on, baby. Charge the fuck on. How about them? See ya. See ya. Blinded by the light. Wrapped up like a deuce. Another runner in the night.